0: Did we ever think there would be a cooler scene than Darth Vader's hallway scene in Rogue One? Well, I think we just saw it. Oh, you fucking twat! We got ourselves a fucking spoiler. Hi, this is Eddie Diesel. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha! ha. I am Chris Versali. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall Journal of the Jedi Edition. I wasn't going to do it. I really wasn't going to do it. I didn't want to be the guy that was going to be reacting or reviewing uh, every episode of, of Kenobi, but this episode made me do it. <laughs> it's just plain and simple. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I got to. There we go. Dyslexia is a horrible disease. Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode three. Uh, Dude, as the intro stated, uh, we're going to be going into spoiler territory, so if you have not seen the episode yet, stop this video right now. Go ahead and go watch the episode and then come back and we'll talk about it, but holy shit, I'm going to give the five second count for people to be able to pause or stop the video to go watch the episode if they haven't seen it yet, and then we're going to get into it, but... uh, I do not want to be blamed for you guys having it spoiled on you because uh, I'm going to talk about it. Okay, so five, four, three, two, one. This has to be one of the best TV Star Wars episodes to date. Um, Now, I, I enjoyed the first two episodes of Obi-Wan. I really did. But I didn't think that Obi-Wan. Kenobi was a, a show that was going to surpass what we've seen in the Mandalorian or, you know, I, I thought it at least be on par with, with Book of Boba Fett. It definitely wouldn't touch the legacies of things like the Clone Wars or or Rebels, you know, but I, I figured it'd be on par with maybe Book of Boba Fett, you know, um, with the way the first two episodes kind of set up. I mean, I love that reveal of Vader at the end of episode two. You know, uh, in the back to tank, I thought that was really well choreographed, but overall, I'm like, it, it, it's it's good. It's not what I was hoping it would be. And then this episode came, and wow! I mean, first off, we we start off with Obi Wan and and Leia on the uh, cargo ship, transport ship, and he's trying to reach out to to Qui Gon Jin. And as he's doing so, he's hearing flashes in his mind of, like, different things from the prequels and and, and phrases uh, said by Qui-Gon from uh, Anakin and so on and so forth. And as they're doing so, they're flashing over to Vader being assembled from the bath uh, bath tank And it is... It's horrifying. It really is watching him be detached from the, uh, the breathing machines and everything else. And then attaching his limbs and putting on his armor and jamming in that control box into his chest. And then finally to the helmet being lowered over Hayden Christensen's face. And, and of course he's horribly scarred and burned from the, from the thing of Mustafar. So it doesn't look like Hayden Christensen but it looks like Hayden Christensen all crisped up. And you know, lowering of the helmet, and then from there, you have Obi Wan just open his eyes, and you hear in his head the master, he is coming. And then Vader just walks out of the Bath Tank room, the same room that we see in Rogue One, and it is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And we cut from that directly to Vader's uh castle on Mustafar, and we see the uh, third, uh, the third sister inquisitor uh having a hollow chat with vader sitting in his throne which was weird to me because you don't really see vader sit much <laughs> you know so <laughs> that was weird to me and thankfully we got to hear the iconic mr james earl jones's voice as vader i was so worried that they were gonna maybe get the dude who did the uh the video games which isn't a bad voice but you just know james and I don't know if they de-aged the voice or used some computer generations for the voice, but he sounded phenomenal. He sounded like he he sounded like our our Darth our Darth Vader, you know, our our original trilogy, uh, and even Episode Three Vader, you know. So that was intense in its own right, and of course, you know, we we're. we're we're in the conversation, and the, uh, the third sister is trying to talk uh, talk to Vader about what happened to the Grand Inquisitor and how Kenobi escaped. And she was trying to put the blame on, on Obi-Wan uh, for the death of the Inquisitor, and Vader was like, I'm not hearing any of this. I don't care. Only thing that matters is Kenobi. Find him. If you succeed, I will grant you what you want. I will give you the title of Grand Inquisitor, but if you fail... You will not live long enough to regret it. Like Vader's cold, like very, very, very cold. He is the Vader that we all dreamed about. Um, you know, growing up watching the original movies, reading the books and the comics in the Legends series, and now even the major comics and uh, books that we have now. We keep getting glimpses of of how cold and and. And ruthless and machine-like, Vader is emotionally, and you know you just hear it in the way he delivered it, like just anger and and so matter-of-factly, like I'm uh, either I'm going to promote you or I'm going to kill you, depending on how you act. Matter-of-fact to the bone, you know. And then he cuts or cuts off the view uh, the the view screen, and then he stands up and he stares out in the moose you know, And then we, we, we catch back up with Leia and, and Obi-Wan. And they're still on the transport ship. It's about to reach a planet that's a, a mining colony now. But at one point was very populated. Uh, during the travel, Obi-Wan had a couple uh, nice little chats and conversations with Leia. About the Force and everything. else, And all the while, he repaired her little droid. The Lola droid. So that was cool to see Lola back. And, you know, at first I didn't like uh young Leia. Um at first I didn't like uh the little girl playing her. Not because she was doing a bad job, but I I was one of those people that I didn't necessarily one hundred percent see Carrie Fisher in that little girl. I little too old for it now, but I I, I really saw Millie Bobby Brown as, as a young Leia. I thought she looked more like, you know, Carrie Fisher, but this little girl has grown on me. And grown on me quickly. You know, since, we, since we've since we seen her in the first ep, uh, the first two episodes to, to now. And she's definitely starting to shine on her own. We're seeing glimpses of the Leia we all know and love. The bossy, pushy, but yet very compassionate uh, character. And, you know, uh, as they start to their descent to the planet and everything, Obi-Wan is trying to... Just keep it together. He's still in shock. He's still unsure of himself. He, you know, as far as finding out the news about Darth Vader, uh, Anakin Skywalker, and uh, you know, he's still trying to get Leia back to, to the Organas. So they're stopping off this planet. They're going to meet up with the contact at the uh, the, the the thief Jedi. Uh, had set up for them, and away they go. They're on this planet, and Obi Wan's explaining how this planet used to be populated before and uh, thriving with, uh, with with you know families and everything else, and now it's a desolate planet because the Empire has stripped mine the shit out of it, and you know it was terrible. And uh, you know they they reach the coordinates to where they're supposed to meet the contact, and the contact is not there. Obi Wan flips out. He, I knew that thief was lying. I knew I shouldn't have trusted him. Blah blah blah. Obi Wan has some serious trust issues, and Leia's trying to break through that. Like, no 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 no. It's okay. Maybe they're just late or whatever. It's like, no. You have to learn that there's just the people are not always good, and stuff. And you could definitely tell he's projecting his own, you know, problems. He he's projecting the fact that uh. Anakin betrayed him, you know, his his brother, his friend, his, you know, his, his, his his student, you know, uh, somebody he thought was ultimate goodness, you know, betrayed him. And and he's still 10 years later projecting that. And so Leia sees a, a transport driving by. Uh, and says, "Okay, well, if we're going to be on our own, we have to we have to have help." So she goes running down and tries to uh, flag down this this transport, and she does, and it turns out to be this this relatively friendly alien. And you know, they they make up a story of how their father and daughter and you know they got lost, and they're just trying to get back to the spaceport. And the dude's like, "All right, come on, jump on." So. <clears throat> They do, and uh, Obi-Wan automatically notices that this guy has basically a bumper sticker of the uh, Imperial emblem, the Empire's emblem, and he's like, oh, this this shit ain't good. So, you know, he hop, they hop on, they go, they find out this guy is very much an Empire sympathizer. He's, he's you know, as friendly as he is, he thinks the Empire's a good thing. And uh, probably has to do with the fact that he has a job. Let, let's be real. You know, but I'm not going to analyze the shit out of that. Uh, Along the way down, they pick up a couple uh, Stormtroopers whose transport was delayed, didn't show up, whatever. Uh, And they sit down with Obi-Wan and and Leia. And, you know, Obi-Wan almost blows their cover when he calls Leia Leia instead of the name they made up, which is escaping me at the moment. I can't remember exactly what it was. So, you know, forgive me on that. But, uh... You know, so, but luckily he covered it up. He didn't, the sad part is this to me might've been a missed opportunity, but it still kind of plays into what's going on with Obi-Wan, you know, uh, the missed opportunity to me is that he did not use the mind trick to, to, to cover his fluff, you know, and instead he made up this story about how he, uh, Leia was the, the name of, of Leia's mother uh that that had passed away and every time he looks at her i he sees his her you know sees his wife or her, her mother and it's just been a very hard and emotional time and the way ewan mcgregor plays that off you could see genuine emotion that like the stormtroopers believe him because he's not lying uh, he's lying about the mother's name being leia but he, he very much sees Padme in, in Leia. And... You know, how difficult it's been since Padme's passing... And everything else, like... Y- you got the genuine emotional emotion from it... Even if the story wasn't exactly truthful. Well, either way, it passed the, uh, the, the, the bullshit detectors of the stormtroopers... And they were dropped off at the next section they had to go patrol... And then they continue on till they reach a checkpoint uh, for uh, for the Imperials. And before I get to that, there was a beautiful scene where after the stormtroopers get off, and it's just uh, Leia and Obi Wan again on the on the back of this vehicle. That Leia turns around and says, "You know, you've been hiding shit from me from from jump from since we first met each other, and you know, I get the feeling you knew my real mother." And I think you've been hiding things from me, and I'm just going to come out and say it, are you my real father? To which Obi-Wan, again, very heartfelt, tells her, "I, I wish I could say yes, but no, I'm not. And then proceeds to tell her about how he was picked up by the Jedi Order as a baby. And he does have memories of his family, but they're like glimpses, like his mother's Shaw, his father's hands. And he remembers having a, ba- a baby there to which he believes he has a brother. Awesome. There's another Kenobi in the world that's now canon. We could work with that right on. But, I mean, the, the story that he was given about how he was taken away from his family by the Jedi Order, but he was given a new family just like Leia was with the Organas. <laughs> he, he did dodge the bullet of Leia being very intuitive about the fact that Obi-Wan knows more than he's letting on. Uh, but at the same time, kind of gave her a little bit of, a little bit of hope. Like, you know, I found a new family and so did you and you're going to turn out great. Don't worry about, you know, who your dad was. And I thought that was really, really touching. Again, the this little girl, I don't know the actress's name, but this little girl and Ewan McGregor are killing it with this kind of, like, father-daughter relationship uh, in these last couple episodes. Like I said, at first, I wasn't a huge fan of hers. Like, I, I didn't hate her or anything. It's just, like, I, I'm not not—I'm having a hard time seeing her as Leia. I see her as Leia now. There, There is no if, answer, buts. This is 10-year-old Leia, you know, and... Uh, I'm actually mad at myself. I'm like, how did I not see it? You know, but... uh, So anyway, they get to this checkpoint. And again, the the driver says, Oh, don't worry. They know me here. We'll be through real quick. And he gets out of the truck and he talks to the stormtroopers. And surprise, the really nice Imperial uh, sympathizer turns around to the stormtroopers and says, Yeah, I picked up these strays. You may want to check them out. And so... The stormtroopers go, and they tell Obi-Wan and Leia to get out of the truck, and, you know, they, they're down on the ground, and uh, everything else, and, you know, they give them the story of how they're farmers, and blah, 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 try to give the same story, the stormtrooper's sitting by it, turned around and said, you know what, get uh, get down here, we're gonna bring the probe droid over, and we're gonna make sure you're who you say you are, <laughs> And here comes one of the probe droids that the Inquisitor sent out at, at the quest of, uh, of Darth Vader. And it identifies Obi-Wan. And before before anything else happens, Obi-Wan whips out a blaster and just takes out the probe droid. Takes out all the stormtroopers. And as him and Leia get ready to leave, here comes another transport full of stormtroopers and a commander. And uh, he's outnumbered. He's outgunned. He, him and Leia surrender. Uh, told to get on their knees, put their heads down. You know, you think it's the end of it, and then all of a sudden the commander pulls out a blaster and just kills every stormtrooper. She winds up being the contact, uh, that the thief on the other planet, the fake Jedi, had set up for Obi-Wan and them. Tells them, get on the transport, I'll get you to safety, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> they get there. Find out that she's part of a group that's been helping save Jedi's, especially younglings, because the Empire has been rounding them up. All four, all four sensitives, whether they're whether they're Jedi or not, all four sensitives, and have been taking them. And basically, you know, if you're familiar with canon, they've been taking it to the uh, to the moon of Urn. and uh, well, if they could turn them dark side, they become inquisitors. If they can't, then they're you know gone. So. This this group, uh, which I can't remember... It began with a J. I don't remember uh, the, the exact name of the group or the path, as they called themselves, too. Um, including a Jedi named Qualin Voss, has been helping uh, smuggle out and save these Jedi and younglings, giving them new identities and helping them disappear so they don't wind up under that fate. And uh, that's pretty cool because we get... We get at least mention of Quaylen Voss again. There's maybe even a possibility that we wind up seeing Quaylen. That would be awesome, but not yet. Um. So as they're doing that, they're hiding. They're hiding in this little like uh, safe house that's behind a, a junk shop that's ran by a uh, a loader droid, who doesn't speak but doesn't look very droidish. And you know we could speculate that on another time. Uh but. The Empire shows up, and they start doing a house-to-house search. And the group, Obi-Wan and the group realize that the the, the safe house is compromised. So they're getting ready to leave out this escape tunnel that, uh, that comes from the back. And as they open up the escape tunnel, and they're getting ready to uh, fucking hightail it out there, all of a sudden, Obi-Wan doubles over in complete fear and shock. And, you know, just, he's completely unnerved. And he turns around and he looks back into the shop, back into the uh, into the streets, and lo and behold, the Empire has shown up with not only the Inquisitors, but Darth Vader. Vader is on planet, and this is where we see the horror movie fucking Vader that we have been expecting to see. You thought he was ruthless in Rogue One, with uh with the uh, rebel. Uh, The rebel uh, uh, soldiers trying to get the Death Star plans. You thought that was brutal? Vader is walking through the streets. He can sense Obi-Wan. And he's turning around and using the Force to grip people at random. And breaking their necks. And choking them out and dragging them along. Just to get Obi-Wan to come out. And... Oh my God! It like he killed a kid. He he killed another kid. He snapped his neck. I honestly never expected to see Disney go this far with the violence in Star Wars. Even with the sequel trilogies, even with Rogue One, it it was not as brutal as this. This was wow. You know what I mean? And. So Obi Wan finally tells the uh, the the leader of the uh, the 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 resistance, for lack of a better term here, to take Leia, get her to the pilot, get her out of here. I I'll distract him and and you know give you guys a chance to escape. And he hauls ass out and and is trying to hide from Vader, but you know he knows Vader can sense him, so he's like, you know, kind of follow the leader, follow me, don't pay attention to what's going on over there. <clears throat> Obi-Wan sneaks into the into this, like, desert-esque area of a mining field, and you can see equipment around and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, as he turns a corner, there's Vader standing there, lightsaber ignited, ready to go. <coughs> now, again, Vader hasn't as of yet said a word to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan has not ignited his lightsaber. Vader's standing there, lightsaber out, and... Obi-Wan just pulls the lightsaber out, doesn't doesn't ignite it, and then hauls ass. He says, Nope, not today. This this isn't happening. And tries to run. As he's running, now we finally hear Vader speak to Obi-Wan for the first time. And it was so unnerving that Obi Wan ignited his blade and used it as a flashlight trying to find where Vader is. And Vader had simply said, You cannot run, Obi Wan. Yeah, um in other words, there's nowhere for you to go. And Ewan McGregor is terrified. Obi Wan Kenobi is shaking, and he's looking around like he he looks he looks like a damsel in distress in a horror movie. He really, really does. And they're playing up the whole horror theme drastically in this. And finally, when he sees Vader standing before him, he tur- He gets his first real good look at Anakin in the suit, and. <sighs> I guess the feeling of hatred and dark side that's coming off of Anakin, Obi Wan finally said, utters uh, his first words to his former apprentice, and he says, "What have you become?" To which Vader's response, as chilling as it is, is, "I am what you made me." <laughs> and we proceed into a lightsaber battle. And the, for people who expected to see, you know, Hayden Christensen versus Ewan McGregor circa episode 3 revenge of the sith or or even episode 1 or even episode 2 uh lightsaber pa- battles you're not going to get it. It, it you're if you're looking for the epicness of Anakin Obi-Wan on Mustafar you're going to be disappointed what you are going to get is a very emotional lightsaber battle where Vader is just manhandling the broken and frightened and and completely out of his out of his element Obi-Wan. I mean, Vader owned his ass. And, uh... Now, we gotta remember, Obi-Wan's not at his full strength. He's, he, he's been cut off from the Force. He's been scared of everything that's been going on. He's refused to, to show that he was a Jedi up until he was contracted to go find Leia. You know, Obi-Wan has not been doing Jedi things. So... Plus, he's been dealing with the PTSD of thought he killed uh, Anakin until he found out like a day ago that Anakin is still alive and he's basically the most badass person in the Empire. Obi-Wan's not in his right mind. And it shows in the battle, like I said, Vader has no issue manhandling him. Finally turns around when they get into this one section and he just... Force chokes uh, Obi-Wan, lifts him up into the air, Obi-Wan drops his lightsaber, and then uh, Vader <coughs> dumps a uh, collection of ore, I'm going to assume it's spice, but uh, ore all across the ground and he, with his lightsaber ignites it and then proceeds to tell uh, Obi-Wan that he's going to now feel suffering like, like Vader has suffered, you know, and... Throws him into the fire. We are now watching Obi Wan burn the same way we watched Anakin burn on Mustafar, and oh my God! It was again brutality. Be and and just no remorse out of Vader, you know. Finally, Vader force pushes Obi Wan out of it, turns the fire off, and and tells the stormtroopers that around him to go get him because the suffering has just begun. All the while, as the Stormtrooper's going to do it, the, the lady from the Resistance turns around and kills the Stormtrooper and reignites the fire, cutting essentially cutting off the Empire from Obi-Wan. And they get the uh, the, the loader droid to pick up Obi-Wan and get him the fuck out of there. All the while, Vader's just watching through the flames. And, and Some people have been speculating whether Vader's afraid of fire, which we know it canon-wise and even in legend-wise, Vader is not. His suit is... Basically indestructible, he could have walked through it. I think Vader's enjoying the hunt. I think Vader wants this to continue, so he let them get away. <clears throat> now they get him out, and then they say, "Okay, we're gonna go get you, you help, and stuff like that." All the while, Leia is still running through the tunnel because she was told to, and find the pilot, and the pilot would get her to safety. While she's doing that, uh, the third sister has discovered the tunnel and is now in the tunnels as well. And when we cut back to Leia, she meets a person that you don't see on screen and uh, asks if, this, if you're who I'm supposed to meet. And, she says, and the uh, person on screen says, no, uh, he couldn't make it, but I'll take you the rest away. And it's the third sister. And the episode ends with Leia running away from the third sister. I mean... I know I gave a very quick synopsis of it, and, and again, it's very spoiler-heavy, but, uh, wow. What a fucking episode. Vader on beast mode, the best way you can describe it. it, is just the best version of Vader that we have seen on screen, period. Including cartoons, including the original trilogy, including, you know, uh, 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 the prequels and, and Rogue One, this has got to be by far the darkest Darth Vader, the horror movie monster Darth Vader that we have all heard about, we've had glimpses of, but never seen in full out. I'm going to fuck your world up simply because I can Vader. That alone was enough for me to, to be satisfied with this series. Now, I know we got like three more episodes, and I'm, I'm pretty much guessing because of the way it's, things are going to have to tie in with uh, what is canon and things that have been said in the original trilogies and everything else, we're going to have another confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan. And this will be a confrontation where Obi-Wan will best Vader. He will prove to Vader that Vader is still the learner, which is why the line in Episode 4, when I left you, I was but the learner, now I am the master. Like, <clears throat> There is going to be some shit going down, but Obi-Wan is fucked up, Leia is being chased by the third sister, and Vader is just going full ham on anybody who gets in his way. How can you not like this episode? Now, there's a couple things in the episode that, that I could have done without or done differently, but I... I'm not going to, I'm not, in this episode, I'm not going to nitpick. I'm not going to nitpick. I'm not going to nitpick about the sound or, or, you know, not really liking the character of Third Sister because I've kind of come to grips with that. I want to discuss that real quick. First off, to any fans that are turning around and attacking the actress themselves, especially the actress's race, shame on you. Fuck you. You are fucking dog shit garbage, okay? I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of the Third Sister character i'm not i don't blame the actress for that i you know part of me has come to realize maybe that's the way the character is supposed to be played maybe i'm supposed to not like her she's a fucking inquisitor but as far as her acting abilities and, and all that yeah she's not the greatest actress i've ever seen no not at all uh, some of her some of her lines that she delivered seemed very campy or flat it, it, she kind of goes from one to the other That's got nothing to do with her race. It has nothing to do with her sex. It could very well simply be writing. Or maybe she's just not that great of an actress. I'm going to go more towards writing. Because in this episode, I actually found myself more enjoying the intrigue of the third sister character in this episode. Like, we're starting to break the superficial shell And really get to the meat inside of the character and the ambitions of the character which seem to motivate the character. And I think we're going to be more pleasantly surprised by this character as time goes on. So, you know, if you don't like the character, that's your prerogative. If you don't like the acting of the character, that is your prerogative. But we need to stop having these scenarios like we did with Rose Tico uh mary uh i I forget her name but uh in the sequel trilogies look i hated rose tico i still hate rose tico i do not hate the actress it's not her fault the character was a waste to me but that's the separation has nothing to do with race has nothing to do with being a woman has nothing to do with the person playing the part I didn't like the character. If you don't like the night sister simply because you don't, or the third sister simply because you don't like the third sister, kudos to you. If you hate her because she's a woman or because she's black or whatever the case may be, you're a waste of fucking garbage. Okay, not only to the regular world, which all all the rest of us are trying to no longer be racists or or be considered racist, and you're fucking kind of shitting on that plan there, bud not only that but you're wasting your hate on a fictional character. Uh, we all love Star Wars and and we all want to believe that these characters and these scenarios and everything else are real. You know, the, the entertainment is real enough to us in our hearts, but you're you're going Ku Klux Klan on a character. You're a retard. All right, it's it's twenty twenty two. It's time to let the shit go. We had it gone before. And now all of a sudden it's back, and I hate that it's in the fan base of Star Wars. Because I'm sorry, I don't care if they're if the character is black, white, Asian, fucking gay, straight, transgender, wet woman, man. I don't care if it's a compelling character telling a compelling Star Wars experience. That's all I give a shit about. And I know majority of the fan base is like that with me. So we need to let that shit go. It has no place in life and it especially has no place in this fandom. But alright, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Again, I think think we're going to be getting a little more of the third sister's uh, character arc... And I think we're finally starting to see something that's going to be better than what we've uh, uh, gotten so far from the character. So I'm willing to put aside my initial reaction to her as, eh, and, and see where the story arc goes in the next couple episodes. But overall, this was definitely the best of the uh, episodes so far. And I think as far as the TV live-action TV series is, is concerned, you know, I can't, I can't put it above Luke in the Mandalorian. I can't, I can't put it above the the rescue. But I definitely say it's a strong number two. This episode was a strong number two, as far as live action episodes uh, that just completely blew me away. So, but seriously, guys, what do you think? Did you uh, enjoy this episode? Uh, was there anything that bugged you? Uh, or excited you in this episode. Was there anything I missed that you wished were mentioned? Leave me a comment in the uh, comment section down below. Otherwise, I will catch you probably next week with the reaction to Episode 4 of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Until then, may the Force be with you. Have a good night.